Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay, everybody, we have a really exciting episode for you guys today. Extremely I'm, exciting. I'm very excited about it personally. I'm very excited. I think you guys are going to like it. But before we get into that, we got to thank some of our beloved patrons. We've got to thank them. We've got to. We love them so much. And we've got a, a couple new champions for Actors' Rights doing important work. Mm -hmm. We've got Leah LaMarche and Rachel Murray. Thank you for joining the fight. Actors mm. everywhere are thankful to have you. As they are absolutely we. absolutely are. As are we. <laughs> uh, we also have a new vessel head, Joanne Spotswood. Welcome aboard. Aye, aye. Jibs and stuff. Jibs and stuff. The water's nice. You're going to like it here. Yeah. All aboard. And we appreciate you. We appreciate you. Uh, we also appreciate some people who joined up into the inner circle of the one, the only, Tony fucking Colette. Mm. She's got a circle. It's our circle. It's their circle. We're so glad to have them here. They are Brenda Shimoda, Katie DeBolt, and Kara Face. Welcome to it. Welcome to you're, the circle. You're going to love it. You're going to love it here. We love it here. We love you for being here. And we also love... Becca Watson, who upgraded up into higher heights of the Patreon, and we appreciate that so very much. We love you all unconditionally, forever. Forever. And we, and we hope you love this episode, and here it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary didn't watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies, and so I watch them so that you don't have to. Uh, and she gets to do it. In movie theaters again. Oh my gosh, it's really <laughs> wild. It's so wild. It's very exciting. It's so exciting. The world is opening up again. Good horror <sighs> movies coming out in late May, early June. Just the regular horror movie time Just happening. <laughs> Just yeah, absolutely. The season of the season is spooky. Um, what's up with us? Um, you guys, I have something to talk about. Sammy, you're going to especially <gasps> like this. Um, I can't believe I've forgotten to bring this up before. Oh my um, God. but Tim's brother gave him like the fanciest bidet I've ever seen in oh my life. Oh my God. <gasps> oh my God. I still have to set up my bidet. <laughs> Emily, you got to set up your bidet. It's in a box right over there for eight months oh my god a fancy bidet it's so fancy it's the toto washlet 
um, which is like, I think one of the nicest bidets you can buy. Um, it, uh, it took Tim like four hours to set it up though, because, um, we don't have so fancy. It's so fancy. We also, we don't have it, um, it like an outlet near our toilet in our apartment. And so we had to like get extension cords and then he had to like tape the extension cords all over our bathroom in order to get to the outlet. So our bathroom looks like a little crazy right now. Um, (laughs) but we do have a very fancy bidet. It is like, it's the kind where the seat warms up. You can have, (gasps) um, baby there's there's a rear then there's a soft rear and then there's a front option and each of them you can control the pressure and you can control the temperature so you can change each of those you can also have it oscillate and then from front to back from front to back and then you can also (laughs) there's a dryer too oh oh my god (laughs) All of that's coming from under your butt. <laughs> under All your butt. That. I know. It's wild. We just have like the fanciest toilet now in our like tiny bathroom. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, but I can't believe I'd forgotten to tell you about it, Sammy. Wow. So are you liking it? Have you been using it? So, okay. So here's the thing is I honestly like haven't been using it that often i keep are you a little scared of it i'm i keep they're intimidating it's a little intimidating and i I keep it's you know i'm I'm in the habit of not using a bidet so it's like i'm not in the habit of using one yet so i need to like get into the house i've used it a couple times Mm -hmm. i'm definitely i'm definitely excited that it exists um i think during the winter having a heated seat is gonna be a fucking game changer that's nice that is anything heated. Give me it. Yeah. During the winter, that's going to be awesome. Um, uh, yeah. So I need to I need to start getting into using the bidet more. But we have one. It's exciting. And, you know, anyone who wants to come over and use our bidet, feel free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a whole new world. We're all vaccinated here. We're all vaccinated here. We can use each other's toilets. Um, Emily, you still haven't set up your bidet? No, I forgot I had it until just now. Joel has had one, too, for even longer than I have that he hasn't set up. The setup process is it's annoying. I mean, and I will say, too, I'm like excited, but I'm I am daunted by the bidet as well. So it's not like it'd be one thing if I got it and was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to use this. I got it. And I'm like, someday I'll use this. So (laughs) I'm just sort of. But I mean, I got I I got it. And I you guys know I have a my bathroom is so special to me. So I really should. You know, just elevate, elevate it. One it. More level. Yeah. Yeah. Level. Just sort of just bring it, bring it up just that much more. But um, maybe I maybe maybe I will. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll do it. <laughs> but no, I haven't. I have not set mine up yet. Well, congrats, Henley. I hope that you um, get more used to it. And I hope <laughs> it brings you as much joy as mine brings me. I I think it will eventually. I just love it. I'm going to grow to love the bidet. I'm sure. You're going to learn to love it. Um, I will say that I've just realized that over the course of the pandemic, I've become a workaholic and it's just a really weird (gasps) thing. Oh, interesting. Tell us more. I've never understood workaholics. I always thought it's so weird. Why would you want to work all the time? It's like literally the last thing I ever want to do. Sounds awful. Who are these crazy people? And now I am one and I understand it. And it's because... It's another just form of escapism, right? It's like, I don't have to focus on anything else Mm. in my life because I'm so busy with work. And so it's like a reason to not 
do anything else in life it's like i can focus it's like a way to focus all my anxiety on something yes it's a it's like a disengagement in its own Mm way and and yeah it's like similar to the other isms of like alcoholism it's like i'm escaping my uh, like the rest of my life my like familial obligations and like other things that i like don't want to deal with it's like oh sorry i can't i have work i'm like so busy with work right now i just can't it's also one that people just accept right like it, like mm-hmm. if you tell people i have work they're like oh i get it i won't fight you on that that makes sense right right and i think especially during the pandemic i'm kind of i suspect this maybe happened to a lot of people where it's like life got really overwhelming and you couldn't have your normal escapes of like going out with your friends or whatever and so i'm i i bet good money that lots of people are in the same boat where they just threw themselves into work in a way that's not healthy <laughs> yeah and um not fun i mean i'm not having a good time mm. <laughs> but it's at least you know you make money and that part's nice so it's like th- there is an upside to it in that way but it's just very weird i've just been like huh i guess i get it and like when i'm not working now i feel more anxious and i'm like mm. uh what can i do for work and like what can mm. i do for podcast i'll make us merch mm. <laughs> um then we reap the benefits that's right the benefits yeah definitely want to flag that this is for sure a 180 sammy because for so long you've said that you're like I hate work. I hate trying, it. trying to trying to not work if you don't have to um yeah. which i totally get um well and it's complicated because I'm freelance. And so I feel like with a full time job, if it was like this, I'd be like, oh, this is bad because this is unsustainable and I can't do mm. work like right. this forever. But, but because I'm freelance. Burst. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll do like for three months at a time, I can work nonstop because there's an end date and it doesn't like raise a red flag for me. I'm like, just fucking do it. But then I take, a you know, another gig and another gig and it becomes the same thing. And right. And you're also like, well, I have to take this job and work super hard because because I'm freelance. So it's like, who knows when the next job is going right. to be right. I feel so, like I feel like this job must be good to a certain degree, though, like engaging to a certain degree, because I think you can really only be a workaholic if you're enjoying it. Yeah, a, I do actually degree, right? really like this yeah. job. Yeah. Or are I fulfilled by it in some way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I am enjoying it. That is true. Um but yeah, it's just n- not normal for me. So I've just been slowly noticing like, oh, huh. Are you getting Gotta keep tabs on this? <laughs> are you getting like anxious at all thinking about how it's going to end? You're going to need to find something else or um no, not really. I But what I usually do is once a job ends, I just like collapse into depression and just like (laughs) Mm. sleep a lot and relax too much. I Mm. go the other way. I do extremes. I'm like work, work, work. And then I'm like, no work, sleep all day, a thousand hours of television a -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so in my because I quit my full time job because I felt my work life balance was bad. And became freelance in pursuit of a healthier work-life balance. It's, and it's hard. just teetering back into very unhealthy territory again. So just something that I'm going to be working on. Yeah. And I think it is also important to recognize just for yourself and being kind to yourself it, that um, we're, this is also just coming out of a really strange year. Like you haven't had an opportunity to even reset what your normal day-to-day looks like. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, of course, you're going to just dive right into the thing that is in front of you because none of right. us really know how to handle anything right now yet. Right. So it may not it may not be so indicative of like a what's to come forever. Right. As, you know, the moment specific. Right. That, that's something that we've been talking about a little bit at my job where um for so long now, we're all used to being able to just like get in touch with each other whenever we want to. And like someone's mm-hmm. you're always available, like you can ping someone whenever and they're available. And now right. it's like things are changing. The world's opening back up and we're all like doing stuff and we're all and some people are traveling yeah. for work again. And like that kind of thing is happening. And so just like removing that expectation fully, which is not healthy that people feel like they can, you know, ping me at like 11 o'clock my Reach time. Whenever and, they want. Yeah. Um, but I would just respond because like I can and I'm at home and I have nothing else to do. Right. And it's like, you're yeah. going to think about it. And it's like, well, I guess I got to respond to them in the morning if I don't do it now. And like, mm-hmm. might as well just get it over with. Yes, definitely. But our, my boss's boss um, was just like sent out a message that was like, we need to stop doing this. <laughs> Because it's yeah. unhealthy That's and we're good. all like have different we all have different um, engagements now and the world is like back open. And yeah, right. Um, I thought that was a really good reminder. Yeah, good. Um, and to all our fellow workaholics or my fellow recent workaholics out there, we're just we're, we're in this together. Just this just together. keep a tab on it. And mm-hmm. we're just, we're just going to keep tabs. We're all going to keep tabs mm-hmm. on ourselves, on each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Uh, just flag in for a review. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found myself, you know, we've all, we all have been joking this year about like, oh, I don't know how to talk to people anymore. And like, ooh, I don't know how to, to be out. I've had a couple of social engagements lately. And you know, what's been interesting. I wasn't nervous for that wedding that I went to a couple weeks ago, like on a social anxiety. I was like really mm-hmm. excited and it was great. And it was a dream, but I have found myself in the couple of like more casual, just like showing up to a an outdoor party where there might be people, you know, like I have found myself like intellectually not nervous, but I have had like, like stomach flutter Mm, nerves, like physically, physical nerves several times before doing things like that. And, And it's, and I, I'm just so like struck by it because I've walked up to him being like, I'm not, nervous but i feel like i physically feel nervous yeah and it's really strange to know that that it almost reminds me of the flip side of that of like all the stress that we were feeling this year without even consciously being like all those just the things that are physically happening in your body Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you're not aware of that like really take a toll um i've just been like really in the past couple weeks really like feeling it of the changes that are I think a lot of it too is just change again yeah like, yeah. yeah I was really there you know this is a, a weird and complicated and hard and sad and interesting and well the things year but I at least was like safe in my cocoon mm-hmm. yeah and I'm excited to leave the cocoon but it is scary and like I'm just like I I'm just sort of fascinated by it of like what's happening in my body and brain like what are we thinking what are we doing Mm -hmm. I also feel myself wanting to do anything that is presented to me also like I'll think of a thing like we went like I don't remember if I talked about this already but Joel and I went to Disneyland last Mm. week and it was so spur of the moment which we like I like don't do and Joel doesn't do but we're like 
it'd be cool to go to Disneyland. We're going. And we just like, and we went and, and, and I got a tattoo the other day and I'm like, I'm getting a tattoo. Like that was planned for a little bit longer, but with the same amount of thought in it, all the thought was like, make an appointment. And Uh I just, and like, it's so it's gonna be a weird summer you guys it's gonna be a weird summer (laughs) just really and maybe that's why i'm diving extra into work right now because it's like i'm scared to make that transition it's scary it's definitely scary this is a, a real therapy session intro to the episode Sometimes you just I just needed to this. talk it out. I needed to talk it out. <laughs> I think you've I think you've made yeah. a really intense good connection there, Sammy. That might be what's I happening. I think that's really true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm have I'm going to be having a baby, so I am not going to be going out. You've or got a whole people. other thing happening. Yeah, I know. I need to make friends in New York, though. So if anyone knows anyone I could be friends with, just let me know. <laughs> any any new? She's moms. a great friend. She's <laughs> any, so any new excellent moms. friend, top tier friend, top tier. We call, we think she's top tier. <sighs> need to maybe she makes friends. no friends and moves back to LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is always possible. About, well, moving back to LA is always possible, not because I don't make any friends, but because maybe we'll just move back to LA. You never know. That'd yeah. be great. I mean, That'd be great. Know. I, I, the best case scenario is you you have friends and then, and you also move back. So let's. I'm, I'm back to saying anybody be you know be friends with Henley. She's top tier. She's top tier. Um, she's top tier. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of being afraid of going out into the world for various reasons, let's talk about this week's movie, which is a new movie, a freaking <gasps> new release that came out just this past weekend. It's A Quiet Place 2. Um, it was supposed to come wow. out in 2020 and March 2020. March 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep, and got delayed till uh, I guess May twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. It is directed by John Krasinski, written by John Krasinski, Scott Beck, and Brian Woods, starring Emily Blunt, Killian Murphy, Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupe, and Jimon Hansu. And it was my first foray back into a real life movie theater. Oh, amazing! Wow! And holy shit! I missed theaters so much. <gasps> Tell us everything. Which theater did you go to? What I, time? How full was it? Did you have snacks? <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you everything um, <gasps> because it's something I want to remember for the rest of my life and it'll be immortalized here in this podcast episode. Perfect. Um, uh, it was Jenna and I. We went to AMC Burbank 16. It was a 3 p.m. showing matinee, so it was only $11. That's nothing. That's free, basically. It's so cheap, and um, the it was sold out. But that because they have to leave so many empty seats, it felt like there were probably only thirty people in the theater. Like there's oh, a wow. lot. There's like two seats on either side of you in every direction, like oh, empty. Okay. Um. So the front, the row in front of you, and the row behind you has to be empty. Also, like they have to. It's they stagger wow. it in the I way wonder that. If- they won't have to do that anymore after June 15th, right? Probably Is that not. going to be the deal? Yeah, so go to, go to a movie now because it's go a really a interesting now. experience. Um, so we got there and we got some snacks. The snack line was a little long because you can't do like self-serve with the sodas type of thing. Um, but Jenna and I spent $50 on concessions. 
Oh my god! Oh my god! What did you get? Oh, yes. We got. We each got a coke. We each got pretzel bites. Um, I got curly fries. She got a hot dog. We got skittles. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I love we had it. A, I love it. We really overdid it. I did not even get to the the curly fries. The uh, the pretzel bites where uh i mean they were huge it's huge it's like more than a pretzel it was so much food and but i just was so excited we were just excited. i want all of that that sounds I, I don't regret awesome. it i don't regret it i wouldn't change a thing damn um and then we went in and it played so many trailers like i think like nine trailers um and there was one for a movie called old which is an island where everyone gets old very quickly and it looks scary and the cast is really good, but it was just so funny that it's called old. Like they couldn't. Who's in it? I couldn't think of anything else. Uh, it's what's his name? Hold on. I'm looking it, look up. it up. It's got so many good people. So it's got Alex Wolf. It's mm. starring. Oh, Gail Garcia Bernal is like the he seems mm. like the main character mm. in it. And Thomason McKenzie and Eliza Scanlon, who was in the uh, Sharp Objects. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, I like her. Yeah, it looked like a good cast and it looked like it's going to be a good movie. But the just it being called old was just very funny to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, it gets right to the point. Tells you exactly yeah, what the movie's the, here's about. Here's what this movie's about. Yeah. It's M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yes, that's right. M. Night oh, Oh my God! Is he? Can he make a good movie like again? That would be great. We'll find out, baby. We'll find, we'll find out. out. Yeah, I feel like we might have to do it on the pod because I'm I'm intrigued. When does it, it come out? In July. Oh, soon, soon, yeah. soon, soon. I just love them. I love movies. I love them. <sighs> I want to go to see a movie. Just saw an article that says M Night Shyamalan next movie looks like his best in 20 years. Now, how much is that saying? I don't know, but that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, he has done some real stinkers and some <laughs> real good ones. It's pretty confusing. He's all it's across pretty the, the map. It's pretty confusing. It's pretty like, confusing. Well, Six well, Sense and Six Signs were good. Is like amazing. Six Sense is out, out of this world amazing. We don't yeah, have to Yeah, people didn't you guys. like The Lady in the Water. See, I even liked Lady in the Water, and I, I also liked Devil, the one where they're in an elevator. But what about the was, village? Did people not like that one? I did not like the village, and I think the happening is kind of agreed upon as being the worst, the worst of the worst of them, the Mark Wahlberg one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> checks out. Would you guys even believe it if I told you that Cointreau has an entire cocktail inspired by the 2018 film A Quiet Place? Well, better believe it, baby. It's called A Quiet Cocktail, and it's what we're drinking while we're revisiting this beautiful, impeccable film, A Quiet Place 2. In order to make this drink, you will need two-thirds of an ounce of Cointreau, two-thirds of an ounce of gin, two-thirds of an ounce of sweet vermouth, and two-thirds of an ounce of dry vermouth. You stir the ingredients in a mixing glass with ice, you strain into a chilled glass, and garnish with a lemon twist. Don't forget to be really quiet while you drink it. Okay, cheers. Okay, so some trivia for us is that the budget was $60 million and already, as of this recording, this is, it's been out for three days, and it's made its $60 million back. Great. Ooh. Okay, good job, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Yes. They're not going to get divorced today. Not today. Not today, they won't. <laughs> Today's a good day for them. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> it has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. How does that compare to the first one? I also quite have, high, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's actually lower than the first one. I really liked the first one. In fact, I like debated if I wanted to go and see this one before hearing about it, but I, but I just I couldn't make up my mind. So well, I so here maybe I you'll want to see it. After. Yes, yeah. I think that I will. I think that I will after the the original is ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit! Hey and man, yes. still pretty good for a sequel. That's pretty damn good. And you know what? I disagree. I think this one's actually better. <gasps> cool. That's fun. <laughs> Wait, Killian Murphy wasn't Ooh. in the first one, right? Correct, mm-hmm. and that's no. a big okay. part of why I think this one is better. I mean, that's <laughs> great, true. That great. we got it. We got to uh, know who's given us the review. Mm-hmm. We got to know. Mm-hmm. Did John Krasinski play the monsters again? I'm sure he did. I don't actually know. It doesn't say in the trivia, but I I, I got to imagine. Got, I mean, I got to imagine, imagine he did. He did. Um, what a strange man. Yeah, I'll play the monster and direct. <laughs> I'm not funny anymore. I'm not funny. Nobody think that I'm funny. I'm serious and I'm an action star and I am a monster and I'm a director. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He is doing it. So I guess good for him. He's married to the hottest woman ever. She's very hot. She's up there. I, there's a lot of really hot women. Women. I've, there's I a lot of. There are so many hot women. It's so I've, I can't make a. I can't make a decision in this moment. I, honestly, I don't think there is a hottest woman. <laughs> there is just women who are hot, which is honestly all women, to be completely honest. But she's up there anyway. She's up there. She's um, cooler than him. That's for sure. So good yeah. for you, John. He good married you, up. John. He yeah. married way up. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a seventy-one percent on Metacritic and. An eight on IMDb, which is higher Whoa. than normal. Um, and it's rated PG thirteen, which I was a little surprised about. But was I guess was PG thirteen. I don't know why I need to keep comparing th- to the first one. I'm just I curious. Think it, I think it was PG thirteen, and it's just because it's like scary. I mean, because nothing. It, they're not yeah. super violent films, and there's no not a, not swearing, and there's no sex. So I guess it makes sense yeah. that it's PG thirteen. Or were you surprised because you thought it would be so PG? No, or I thought, you thought it would be R. R. Yeah, it really is scary, but I guess that's... It's scary because of, like, at least the first one is, like, it's very tense, but it's... Mm-hmm. Like, some movies get R ratings because it's, like, disturbing images, which there aren't real... They, there are very few disturbing images, honestly. It's just, like, really yeah. big tension, scary tension. Yeah, Say, that's the same with this one. Yeah, it's just tense start to... It's just a weird imagining a 13-year-old strolling by himself into seed in this movie and just being so stressed <laughs> yeah i wonder um, if that helps it make more money though yeah like, i wonder what the sure it calculus does, yeah. is there yeah if it's just gonna yeah, make more money if it's PG-13. It. yeah um i don't really have any other trivia about it other than brian tyree henry was originally cast but dropped out due to scheduling conflict oh, bummer he's so great. i really like brian tyree henry but he's replaced with jibon honsu who is also great but mm. yeah, it's, um, that's kind of the only interesting thing on here. Uh, other than, yeah, it was supposed to premiere March 2020. Um, I remember them saying, like, people need to see this is a movie that they were like, we're not putting this out until everyone can be together to see it in theaters. This is a movie about togetherness, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> I get like, I get it and say whatever you want. Um, and scary movies are more fun in theaters. But it also is really funny to be like this movie, this scary movie we made. <laughs> 
It's about families watching it together, and so we won't let you watch it until you can all watch it together. This horror like, sequel. Okay, guys. I don't know. I think they love themselves, and they're good for them. They're not getting divorced today, so. Not, not today. today. <laughs> not today. Um, well, let's watch the trailer, and then we'll get into it. How happened? A bomb, I think. I don't know why he came all the way up here. There's nothing left. so good and Emily Blunt's hair is so beautiful she's so beautiful Um, wow 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 it's really good and it was very funny because during the many trailers that were played before it Jen and I realized it's a very quiet movie and so we were like we gotta eat all our $50 worth of snacks (gasps) what a good point oh my god because even in the beginning of that trailer the like when that's that's so effective it's the thing i remember about the first movie because it's so quiet just him like walk the bell and walking in and pulling the bag i was like shh, shh, it's too mm-hmm. loud it's too loud mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's before they knew they it's sneaky so quiet, sneaky um wow 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 it looks so good i'm gonna see it i think i'm gonna see it it makes it made me want to see it the trailer did like, make me want to see it this is it's like you know what this this movie feels like to me? I mean, I guess this is the point with all scary movies, but especially one like this where it's like, I am not scared of this happening to me. This is what right. we talked about with the first one. Like, I'm not this. This isn't going to stick with me because it's like a roller coaster. This is this is yes. where scary movies are like roller coasters. Like I'm reminded of I just I had said I went to Disneyland. I went on the Tower of Terror, which is no longer the Tower of Terror. It's like the Guardians of the Galaxy breakout thing. But I ne- I've literally never been on it in my life. I had never been on it in the Florida one because I was too young and too scared. And I'd never been on it in the California one because the lines were always way too long. So I made, I, we made, we went on it and it was, have you guys been on it? It's a very no. famous ride. 
I know what really? it is, but I haven't been on it because oh it's God. in California Adventureland, right? It's in California Adventure. Yeah. Which have you never been to California Adventure? I've been once and I think it was actually closed down when I was there. When they were refurbishing it, changing yeah. it over. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We have we have to go. It's so fucking fun. It's so fun. But it is so scary. And the whole time you're on it, you're like, I like like you're like, please don't drop again. Drop again. Please don't drop again. Drop again. <laughs> like, that's what you're doing the whole time. You, like, don't want it to happen, but you really, really do. And that's, like, what this movie feels like yeah. to me, where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm scared, but 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 scare me. But I'm scared, but scare me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just, I just makes this day really excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good. Should we just freaking get into it? Let's get into get it. Should I Let's take get you on that it. roller coaster ride? Take us on the roller coaster. Also, it's just very funny for me. I think about this now. Every time I see it, like when the in the trailer when the, he like the monster is like popping up behind her, mm-hmm. in my head I said to myself, That's your husband. <laughs> That's John. That's your husband. In motion capture. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's just your husband. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay, so we open on an empty street 
It's all very quiet. It looks like a small town. And then a truck pulls in, driving down the street with a loud noise that we know is not allowed in this world. And so we're very stressed. And John Krasinski gets out and we're like, what the heck's going on? John Krasinski knows better than to drive a loud car down the street. And goes into also, he's the- dead. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought when I was watching the trailer. I was like, "Wait, didn't he die?" Yeah, he knows that, but also, how from beyond the grave? I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. So he goes into the convenience store pharmacy thing that the opening scene of the first movie starts in as well. And you see him going, getting some oranges, getting some water, and the cashier is watching the news and there's been some sort of explosion or attack somewhere. Um, I think it's in a different country, but it just is like this huge thing that has just happened. And John Krasinski's character's name is Lee. It's like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. Something's going on. He's like, okay, well, I got to go to my son's baseball game. Uh, and as he's walking out, he walks past that rocket that is from also from the first one, which is the reason his youngest son dies because he sets off that noise of that God, rocket. That's sad. It was so sad. Just a very <sighs> sad little uh, moment of remembering uh. that. Um, and he walks around the corner it, to his son's baseball game gets up in the stands and we meet his family again. His wife, Emily Blunt, is her character's name is Evelyn. His mm-hmm. daughter is Reagan. His son is Marcus. And Reagan is deaf. And so they are they do sign language to each other. And he's sitting next to Reagan. And on the other side of Reagan is Killian Murphy, who is just so hot. It's just, <laughs> you almost fall out of the movie theater seat. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Um, no, I will say this is not his, his hottest film, but he's still very hot. But it's it's not 28 Days Later, Killian. Not as hot as, say, a woman. Um, yeah, but, not as right, hot as right. any, any woman. But Killian Murphy, almost as hot as a woman. You know, he's yeah, really close. similar quality, similar qualities um, in the trailer. He was looking like pretty post apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's not there yet because this is obviously pre apocalypse. He's looking pretty pre apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking small town dad right now. Pre pre apocalyptic small town dad. I love That's that. Cute. Look. That's honestly cute. <laughs> Um, a title flashes on screen to say day one. So we know that this is the, the day that oh, it happens. Oh no, this is about to be a bad day. Mm. It's about to be a bad day. We see... Oh, that's right. They do that in the first one. They give you days? Mm-hmm. Or do they not? They do. Okay. They do. Um, just a few times, just to kind of give you okay. a little gauge. And uh, we see his son, Marcus, stepping up to bat. He's really nervous. Uh, Evelyn from across the from the stands does the sign language of you know breathe relax you've got this she's such a calming presence i was just immediately like oh man imagine if family blunt was your mom how fucking oh, chill that would be, be like amazing. i feel like i would just be so cool. know that everything was going to be okay all the time forever <laughs> she's just and so, she's british just remember so that soothing. too yeah oh, that's true her. such a calming presence um mm. but marcus is very nervous and Killian Murphy's character's name is Emmett. 
and he's listening to something on a radio also. Or no, I think he's even just calling out at the stands and he's telling someone to dive for the ball. Like, he's saying, dive, dive, dive. And he turns to Reagan and Lee and says, what's the sign language for dive? And they show him that it's like you literally put your hands together like you're going to dive into a pool. And they're like, yeah, pretty, pretty tough one. You think you can handle that? It's a cute little moment. And we see Marcus getting a couple or getting his first. uh, He doesn't hit the ball, a strike. I don't know how baseball works. It's not good. Sure. (laughs) Sounds like a strike. Yeah. Strike one. So strike in bowling is good. Right. And a strike in baseball is bad. (laughs) Correct. Yes. And that's all you need to know. And you've nailed it. Really basic. I and mean, people are always getting those mixed up. People are always getting those mixed up. That's sort of a classic mistake. And, and you've got it now. Okay, Wait, okay. is a strike good or bad? <laughs> are we bowling or playing baseball? I can't tell. If, it's hard to say for sure if they're bowling or playing baseball, but there is a bowl. There's a bowl. <laughs> well, there is a bowl. And actually, what I meant to say is we're eating soup. Um, and if we're eating soup i don't know what a strike is so i'm confused all over again oh that really got me for some reason and he gets two strikes he's looking really stressed again evelyn is looking over at him trying to calm him down um and then there is a sound and everyone looks up and there is just a huge ball of burning fire, like slowly moving through the air. Like it just oh, looks no. like an enormous comet type thing, but it's moving a lot slower than you would think. And it's just kind of like, just like slowly moving across the sky in front of them. And it's huge. And I feel like this actually was not the scariest part of the movie, but this was the only part that I was like, I'll carry this part with me. This is this is a fear that will stick with yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> that unnerving. kind of like dread of seeing something really bad happening and being like, oh no. Yeah, and having There's literally no, no escape. No idea what it is, what to do. Everyone just kind of looks at each other. It's like they don't Ooh. even know like to fully panic. So that's yeah, like what makes it scary. Good. And yeah. so they all just kind of get in their cars and start going home. And I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, that's what you would do. But it's just so weird. And the fact that they're just so like powerless about what's to come really freaked me out. Ugh. Wait, sorry. Do they have so their son in the first one dies, the youngest? But isn't yes. there another son? Uh, there. So there's the son that's up at bat. That's Marcus. He's the older son. Reagan Reagan is the oldest. I'd say Reagan is probably 15 or 16. Marcus is probably 12 or 13. And then, yes, there is a youngest son here who is now two or three and then or maybe even younger, maybe one or two. And he's the one that will die. That is good. But he's here now. He's He's alive now. He's alive now. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Great, great, great. And uh, Evelyn takes the, the sons, Marcus and the youngest son, to the car they start getting in the car lee takes reagan i can't remember how or why they get separated but i think he needs to oh he drove separately he just drove in a different car and so there he's taking reagan they go to his car and it does the thing again that is just um really cool where it flashes in and out of her experience of being deaf and kind of Mm -hmm. all this chaos ramping up outside and her not being able to hear and 
it's um i mean it's just really it's a very interesting device um and so we see that things are getting more chaotic people are now kind of screaming in the streets and then we see our first alien thing monster mm. And so it's la- they've landed somewhere and they're just running through the town, uh, obviously attracted to screams, which we know now that noise is what attracts them. And so people are running and screaming and this thing is just fucking killing people left and right. And I guess I should try to describe it for those who haven't seen. I don't know that I'll do a good job because it's very weird looking. It's I, I mean, it's kind of like the things in Stranger Things has long mm-hmm. l- long limbs it's almost like spider like <laughs> limbs uh-huh. but mm-hmm. with a human torso ish thing john krasinski shaped <laughs> torso and the the hand like the end of the limbs hand things are just like blades like they seem like they're uh. kind of like sharp little claw things so they kind of impale people with their and there are a bunch hands. of them well, right now we only see one, but yeah, I mean, we, we, in no, order for them to them. basically wipe out humanity, we know that there must be a bunch of them. Right, um, right, right. And so Reagan and Lee take cover in a bar and they, uh, because their car immediately gets crashed. I mean, it's just chaos. Cars are crashing into each other. They go to take cover in a bar. Everyone's kind of uh, being quiet, crouched down in corners. We see the monster walking by the window and someone's phone rings and it breaks through the window, goes again, attacking, killing people left and right. It's all very stressful. This movie is incredibly stressful, literally every second of it, every start (laughs) to finish, um, like a roller coaster. This, Mm -hmm. This scene in particular, I feel like, I literally was, felt like I was on a roller coaster. So then we we go back to Evelyn and her two sons, and she is in the car, and they're dr- driving, kind of dodging people running through the streets. And we see her turn around to her younger son, saying, it's okay, it's okay. He's crying, freaked out. And uh, as she's turned around, Marcus says, Mom, she turns back around, and we see a bus driving full speed towards them with no driver, like a bus that has lost control and the driver has been killed. And so then she switches into reverse, and she's like fast reversing. This was the roller coaster part. And you're like in the car with her, and it's just like, ah, it's so stressful. And apparently this stunt was really dangerous, and John Krasinski, I think, said he was nervous that Emily Blunt was like in danger in this scene because they used a real bus driving at her at full speed which i I didn't do enough like research into it but i was like well and also it's like actress rights on the one hand but your wife (laughs) yeah that's the mother (laughs) of your children (laughs) um and so as she's reversing this bus coming towards her has a smashed hole in the windshield and we see another one of the little monsters start crawling out of it towards And she, they crash into something. She grabs her kids. They get out on foot. The monster gets distracted by some somebody else. Starts going to kill other people. There's, it's got a, a bunch of people to choose from to kill right now. And they duck behind a car and see Reagan and Lee running towards them. And 
a, a policeman is kind of in between them and sees one of the monsters running towards them, gets his gun, starts shooting it. And we know that guns don't kill it in, in this way. And so uh, the monster goes for it and it kills, mm-hmm. he kills the policeman and Lee and Reagan make it to the family and it goes to a close-up of Marcus's face as he is screaming and then cuts to a close-up of Marcus's face as he as he's screaming in the final scene of A Quiet Place 1. So it picks up literally oh, wow. in the same scene, which is really cool. That so, is so cool. A reminder, the final scene of A Quiet Place 1, they basically figure out how to kill the monsters and it's with Reagan's hearing aid causing feedback against any kind of speaker type of thing or microphone. They can create this like loud, high pitched feedback, which because these monsters hunt by sound, it makes their head like open up in all these gross little opens like these little things in its head that are then vulnerable and you can shoot it there and kill it. And so in the final scene, Reagan and Evelyn have just killed two of the monsters, or three, I think. And so we pick back up with Marcus screaming as they have just killed the three monsters on their farm. Um, literally, like, Lee, at this time, died, like, moments ago. M- minutes so we're pi- before, Picking yeah. up in, like, a very... Sacrificed tra- himself. I yeah. really cried. Yeah, I forget how he died. Yeah, how, he basically... Sac- because the monster was going for his kids... He just starts screaming to draw it away from them, and it just so oh, they that's can so escape. Sad. Yeah, they have, and there's this oh, moment yeah, that like, they really lock sad. eyes, and and they the kid, I think it's Reagan who knows it's he's Reagan. about to do that, and and he like signs "I love you" or something like says, that. Says "I love you," and I have always loved you. Oh, oh my god! And then he screams, and then he the monster kills. It's really sad. <laughs> yeah. So Reagan and her dad had a had a. A tense relationship after the death of the youngest son because she blamed herself and thought that he blamed her too. And he obviously didn't. He was just, they're all just grieving. And um, so in the first one, it's very much, you know, her kind of rebelling a bit against the death. She's just angry with him because she is angry or blames herself for this thing that's absolutely not her fault. So it's a family movie, guys. This is a family movie. It is a family movie. So I am honestly remembering that scene. It, it's it's really sad. It's really effective. And as much as I shit on John Krasinski, he is a good actor. And that was a really, that was a really sad moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pick right back up after the events of the first film. And Whew. the farm is, I think, burn, burning down. They lived on this farm pretty isolated and the fire had broken out so they basically realized they have to we've got to get out of here we've got to find somewhere else to live and they start gathering their things reminder she now has a newborn baby she gave birth in the first big film mistake. big mistake oh, mistake and yeah. the way that they handle that is they have like a soundproofed basket thing that they it's like a little suitcase basket that they just put an oxygen tank on the baby's face and put it in this soundproof box basically oh my god that's crazy yeah no there's going to be no lasting psychological effects from being placed into a box 
every time no, you were no, scared. No, no, this baby's going to be fine. This baby's going to be fine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So they they get the baby in the box and the oxygen tank and pack their little bags. And we see uh, Reagan run back for something. And she runs down those stairs right past <gasps> that rusty no! nail. <laughs> and it's fine. She doesn't step on it. But it's Jesus just Jesus Christ, they're fucking, still doing that nail shit. Like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? If this nail makes a, <laughs> if this is a stressful thing, this whole movie, I'm going to be so mad. It's not. It's just that one time they just had to remind you, remember the nail? <laughs> and I do. And I don't <laughs> like it. Um, but she goes and grabs a portable radio and her hearing aids, because that's the, the weapon that they have against the alien monsters. I don't know whether to call them monsters or aliens. So I'll probably switch back and forth. <laughs> Keep that's you on both. your toes. <laughs> they're both. They're alien monsters. They're I both. think that's right. Um, so they set out on the road and we see them walk down their little, um, path that they had created by pouring sand that they could walk on to m help make it be as quiet as possible. And they get to the end of the sand and they have to take their first steps onto unpaved, crunchy leaves. And so they have mm. to walk real slow on this ground. It's very stressful. Again, this is in complete silence and you're just like oh god oh god oh god <laughs> don't make a sound don't make a sound um and <sighs> they make it more into town and everything is you know yeah post-apocalyptic no people around buildings looking dilapidated and burned and they find a kind of industrial looking building that they think that they can hide in and the way into it is there's a hole torn in a chain link fence, but it's like not quite big enough to get through soundlessly. Uh, so uh, we have to of like, course. she's like carrying her baby in her arms. The baby's asleep. So she carries it until she needs to put it in the box. And so she's carrying the baby and squeezing through this chain link fence. Oh my God. And it's like, a little bit catches on her thing, <gasps> oh. and then it lets it breaks free, and it is fine, and they'll make it through. And then she like helps her kids get through. Um, Reagan gets through, Marcus gets through, and they're like, "Okay, we made it through." And then she takes a step and hits a trip wire, and two big things of bottles and cans fall, like a alarm basically that someone has set around this building, and it just jingles these bottles and cans very loud she just turns to her kids and says run they book it and start running through kind of the weeds around this building and we see someone is watching them through the scope of a gun from above Ooh. within inside this building okay and uh the the baby starts crying Oh. and oh God, oh they're God, just oh running and running and it's so stressful and then um we see marcus running and marcus steps in a fucking bear trap no <gasps> and this is another thing that has been rigged outside of this building and marcus is like he falls down and he's so in shock for a second and Evelyn sees what has happened and her eyes are just so wide and she's looking at him and he his eyes are so wide and he looks at her and then he just starts screaming screaming in pain and she's like holding him like no 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 shush, shush, please 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 and he just oh. can't stop screaming he's just like ah, ah. 
Oh like he's my ki- god! And his legs all fucked up, and she's like, "No, no, please, uh, please, 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 please!" And then we hear the monster coming. No! And, no. <laughs> and, oh no! And again, we see through the scope of the gun this person watching and kind of seeing the monster come too. And and Evelyn and Reagan look at each other, kind of like we know what we got to do. And Evelyn puts the baby in the little soundproof box. Reagan grabs the her hearing aid, grabs the radio, t- turns it full blast right as the monster is getting there. And the second it gets there, she puts hearing aid on it, causes the feedback. It stops it in its tracks. Its head head does the little thing that it starts opening up little parts of its head. And <laughs> Evelyn pulls out her shotgun, shoots it, kills it. So this person oh, in, in the in the building has just seen this very competent little family. Like God, being a fucking like, single mom in the apocalypse with three children. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, a newborn. newborn. One of your a kids is in a bear newborn. trap. Are you fucking your, kidding me? Your husband just died. Like your husband literally died. just died. Um, but they hear another one coming. They get Marcus's leg free, and oh. um. They, she starts tr- trying to carry she carries him uh, Reagan's carrying the basket they keep running and they go they run inside the building now and as they're running in someone grabs them covers their mouths it's a man and uh, does the shh signal takes over the shushing duties that John Krasinski thank god somebody had to do it somebody had to do it <laughs> remind me again what we're supposed to do Oh, shush. Oh, right, 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 right. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man, for the shush. (laughs) And he points, and we see that the creature is in the building, very near to them, crawling um, down the wall. And he basically gives them a signal we got to run this way. They run. um, And he points to it, looks like a kind of like a shoot, like a metal. shoot that goes even further down they jump in it and it's basically a bunker underground and it's beneath like three feet of concrete and so it's pretty so they close the lid on it and it gets basically soundproofed down there okay um but it's uh the further down you go the the more soundproofed it is so they keep running and there's one more level within this bunker that's like the the safest place and it's basically a non-working furnace that you go in it's just a, a metal furnace that he has it rigged so that there's um towels around the outside so that it can't even make any noise when you open and close it and it also stops it from closing it completely so you don't get locked in it and so they go in there but it's small in there and there's like limited you can only be in there for a a, a bit of time it's limited oxygen and so this man has a little stop stopwatch that he sets the second they go in there okay um this is a whole thing and is this man killian murphy it is and we know that okay. it is but she doesn't they don't yeah his face is okay. covered um he is wearing kind of like a bandana around his face and a hat and he says to them, I don't know why you came all the way up here. There's nothing left. There's nobody here. And you need to leave. Like, you can't stay here. And she says, how do you know we came up? 
Like, how do you know what direction we came from? Like, show me your face. And we realize that he's trying to hide who he is. He just wants them to leave. He doesn't want to be responsible for this. Oh, also, sorry, in the opening scene, we saw that he has a, he had a son. And now he does not oh. in this scene. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so um, he, she, Evelyn recognizes him eventually and says, Emmett, like, is that you? Please. Lee's gone. Um, and she shows like I have a newborn child like I really need help and Emmett looks so shocked at this baby as if he didn't just see it in the scope of his gun for a few minutes as he watched what unfolded <laughs> just moments ago seems like he's never laid eyes on this baby before in such a way it was like weird that for a second Jen and I were like did they have an aff- affair like is this his baby he, he looked so shocked <laughs> I was like wait but you just saw this baby I don't know why can you imagine having the time to have an affair <laughs> in this situation I know and then we were like wait that makes literally no sense at all yeah that doesn't <laughs> yeah was the baby in the box the whole time though not at first it well maybe it was as soon as he started watching yeah maybe maybe yeah so he just thought they were, it was just a box they had. Yeah, it just could be a, a box. box. It's not normal to keep a baby in a box. That's true. I'd be surprised by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually the timer goes off. They have to get out of the furnace. It seems safe. I think the creature has gone. And so they're able to just be in this bunker now. And remember, Marcus's leg is completely torn up from... Ugh. The bear trap, and so they, um, Emmett hands Evelyn a bottle of tequila or like some sort of liquor, and they go back in the furnace, just Evelyn and Marcus, and close it, and they pour it, and you go inside and hear his screams for like a second, and it cuts to outside where it's completely silent. And they set Marcus up. Does it break? Does it break his leg? It doesn't break the bone. That's what they they like Uh, do a little check in. Like, how is he? And she's like, it didn't break. It didn't get. It didn't reach the bone. But okay, so just some really deep cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Honestly, for a bear trap, feels pretty lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, snapped the whole leg. Yeah, it's true. Um, they set him up in a cot in the in the bunker. And this is not a sanitary environment, so she's immediately like, we need medical supplies, Um, you know, pouring liquor on it's one thing, but he's going to need more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Killian Murphy, sorry, Emmett, is very, Mm -hmm. uh, seems super reluctant to get involved with this family at all. Even though they are friends, that's maybe makes it more painful for him. He's clearly lost his family. And Evelyn, like, says, I'm sorry. And he says, what are you sorry for? And she's like, well, like, your your wife, your, your son, like, I'm assuming. He's like, yeah. She's like, when did it happen? And he said the, the son was early, like, three weeks into it. And he says, and then um, my wife just a few weeks ago and from cancer. Like she was sick. Oh my god! Like they had it pretty figured out pretty good in this bunker, and the, oh, and it flashes another date at some point. We're we're back. It's like four day four hundred and forty something or whatever. Okay. So, um, Emma is grieving and feels like he wasn't able to do enough to protect his family, and is kind of saying like I, 
I wasn't able to my, protect my own family. Like, I definitely can't protect your family. And you got to get out of here. And she's like, well, you know, I've got a baby and my son's leg is pretty fucked up. So <laughs> I think I'm going to stay for just like give us the. He's like, you can stay the night and like tomorrow you need to be gone. He's like, okay, seems pretty unreasonable but <laughs> she's like not fair that's not fair um so they they decide to they or they go to bed and in the middle of the night reagan wakes up marcus and oh sorry one other thing in their in their like catch up with Emmett is that they f- tune into the radio they find a station that works, which they haven't heard this whole time. And it's playing somewhere beyond the sea. And they're all like, oh, my God, this like this is someone's out there. This is huge. And Emmett's like, it's been playing this whole time. And she's like, that's impossible. We were we've been checking the signal this whole time, too. And he's like, I'm in the valley. You guys were in the hills. And so apparently this song has been playing the whole time. And um, it's like, it doesn't mean anything like someone's out there, but like they're wherever they are, they're, I don't know where they are and it's out of our reach or whatever. So Mm. Reagan wakes up Marcus and in the middle of the night, they sneak into the little furnace thing to have a little conversation. She pulls out a little map and the radio and she says, I found the radio station that it's broadcasting from. I think it's a signal of like a, like saying that they're beyond the sea and there's an island nearby and that's where the broadcast is coming from. And she's Mm. like, if we could find this island, I could change the signal to this high frequency thing. I could like use my hearing aid at the radio tower and it could broadcast this um, as far as it can reach and make all of the creatures vulnerable and like easier to kill for miles and miles around. Um, and Marcus is like, okay, well, that's like crazy though. Like you can't do that. Like we're, we're, um, I can't walk and, um, we have a baby and we're not doing that. And she's like, well, like I'll, I'll probably do it by myself. And he's like, you can't, I'll tell mom. And she's like, okay, fine. But like, we got to talk about this tomorrow or whatever. And like, this is, I think this would be a really good plan. We could actually save everybody. And he's like, no. Unfortunately, it wouldn't make the aliens just die. It would just make them vulnerable. So people would have to know to, like, take advantage of that moment yeah, and yeah. murder them. Yeah. But hey, man, I mean, I'm, I'm with her in an, and at least it like. It's something. Uh, how it's long something. can you live this way? You know, it's like yeah. it either works or it doesn't. But like, holy fucking shit, man. Is this yeah. forever yeah. now? Because yeah. I don't want to yeah. do this forever. No, no, no. Mm-mm. You're just waiting Mm-mm. for the next tragedy. Yeah, I hate that so much. Yeah. Um, and Oof. so she tells Marcus, like, if I went and did, she says, I'm going to do it. Um, and if I did it, just like listen to the, you would just listen to the radio and you could hear when it changed and you'll know that I did it. And he's like, you're not doing it. I'm going to tell mom. And she's like, fine. Okay, I won't do it course next morning but if i did though (laughs) i want i want i want i want but just so we're clear if i did if i did you would know right (laughs) and they wake up the next morning reagan is gone and she has left a note on the radio saying keep listening for marcus and yeah uh 
Emmett comes in to kick him out, and Evelyn is freak, freaking out and basically saying, "Like you have, like go find my, go find my daughter." This is, um, oh, it's something he had said in the earlier conversation is, "You haven't seen anyone that's left, have you? Like the people out there aren't worth saving. The people that are left are not worth saving." Mm. which is very scary to think about. Yeah, that's really yeah. that's really scary. Yeah, it's 28 days Oof. later situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so mm. they have this mm. like very quiet fight where she's like whisper yelling at him and she's so good where she's like if Lee were here he would tell you that that girl out there is absolutely worth saving. It's like absolutely the kind of girl worth saving and like, go bring her back to me. And it's this very like emotional, powerful speech. Like you can't say no to that. <laughs> no, no. How could you? And she's like, I can't, I can't fucking obviously leave my injured son and my baby. So go, go bring my daughter back to me. And then we cut to where Reagan is and we see her. She's following the train tracks, which will lead to um, some kind of a dock that then she's hoping to find a boat to take to this island. And there is a crashed train car on the train tracks that she um, goes inside to kind of look for any supplies that might be in there. It is filled with dead bodies. It's a very upsetting scene. This train has obviously been attacked by the creatures there's like creature sized holes in the side of it <laughs> it's um it's not a not a fun sight and she is having to like tiptoe through it and not have any you know reaction to anything oh also like just being alone on the road and being deaf in this world is so it's dangerous. Crazy. Like you literally can't yeah. hear when something is coming up behind. You can't hear if something's even in the in, way in the distance. Mm -mm. So mm -mm. yeah. Or if you're making any noise, yeah, exactly. like accidentally. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So she is tiptoeing around and she sees in the kind of captain's room that there is a first aid kit. And she is reaching for it. She can't quite reach it. She's reaching, reaching. And it's like she kind of knocks it off the wall and then catches it. No. There's a lot of shit like that where it's just like, oh, fuck, don't make a noise. She catches it. And it's a big old phew. And then the captain's corpse falls backwards onto her hand, knocking the first aid kit out of her hand and causing her to scream in fright of just having a corpse fall on her hand. And, of course, a creature quickly approaches and she has her hearing aid she has uh, a radio and she has the shotgun and but she only has two this is usually a two-person job one person on the feedback one person on the gun so she's holding the hearing aid to the radio but she needs to keep her hand holding that and so she's trying to one-handed um load this gun and she, well it's it's loaded and so the creature's coming towards her and it's it's moving slowly because it's irritated by the feedback. So it's like coming to try to kill her, but also flinching at the noise and she shoots and it just kind of grazes its head and doesn't kill it. And it starts coming for her again and she's trying to reload the gun, but one handed and it's not she's not doing it. It's really hard. 
And she should have watched T2. It's getting close. Oh, yeah. Seeing that Sarah Connor one handed. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's trying to do. And she's failing at it. And it's about to get her. And then its head gets blown off by none other than Killian Murphy. Emmy! Killian Murphy to the rescue. Yay. Um, and he grabs her and they kind of take cover in this abandoned little train station thing. And uh, he is whispering to her and she can't understand him. And he's he's like, fuck, like, how do we how do we talk? And she like tilts his head up to her face and and says enunciate with her lips and so she can read lips but you just have to be facing her and enunciate and so then he's they're able to communicate and she he's telling her like i'm gonna take you back and like if anything that's like better than wisp because he can make no noise mm -hmm. he can just like yeah. mm -hmm. move his lips mm -hmm. that's pretty cool mm -hmm. and so they she says, or he says, I'm going to take you back. And she basically lays out her plan and says, uh, no, I'm doing this. And you said you felt like you couldn't do enough. This is something that you could do to save more than just, you know, mm. our family. This could help a lot of people. This is something that um, would would be a really big deal. And you see this hit hit him emotionally and he's on board and he's like, all right, hmm. let's fucking do it. So they, they okay. team up and they, they spend the night there and then wake up in the morning and start heading towards the docks and back. We go back to the bunker and see Evelyn and her two kids. Marcus is, you know, um, laying in his little cot, maybe starting to get a little sick of, from infection, I don't know, he's just sweating. He's not like doing well. Ugh. And then she sees on the oxygen tank for the baby is running dangerously low. Mm -hmm. Oh no. Okay. So she decides she needs to go back to that pharmacy to get oh some uh, medicine for him and oxygen for the baby. Oh God. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> no. There's like a shot before before she decides. There's just like a shot of them, like her in her rocking chair with her baby and the son sleeping. And I'm like, I hope they just get to rest. <laughs> yeah. But it's just certainly not. Certainly not. On out, right. Certainly not. She, she Evelyn g gets up to go out of the bunker. Marcus wakes up and follows her. Like to work to the entrance to the bunker and is like begging her not to go. He's like, please, please, please don't leave uh -oh. me. And she's like, I have to leave you if I yeah, like if you get more sick, I won't be able to help you. And like, I won't lose you, too. Like, you have to let me go. And uh -oh. like, you can be brave. Like, just be calm. I showed you everything you need to do. You can do this. And he's really scared. But. He stays and she goes. Um, and as she's walking towards the pharmacy, we see her stop by the grave of her first son, her first son that she lost. And now oh. it has photos 
or I guess it had photos before of Lee and this and the son. And so now it's kind of this totem to both of them. And she takes off her oh. wedding ring and sets it on it. Mm. And it's a very sad moment. And we see Reagan and Emmett walking through the city towards the docks. And we just see the like more of the destruction of the city that we had in before, like packed freeways with all the cars empty and corpses and like shoes everywhere, like just empty shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, And back at the bunker, we see Marcus put the oxygen tank on the baby and decide he's got to go do something too. What? No, Marcus. We're very upset (laughs) to see this. And he's he puts the baby in the box with oxygen. It's already very oh, low. God. And says, I'll be right yeah. back. And says, I'll be right back. He leaves the baby? Mm-hmm. What? And starts climbing out. And uh, Reagan and <laughs> Emmett have made their way to the docks. It's nighttime now. And... Mm. Uh, they're kind of, he's like, oh, I think I found a boat. We can take this boat. And as they're kind of shining a flashlight, you see something run behind him. And it's not, Uh, it's not a monster. Not a monster. It's a human. The way that it moves is like. Not good. The human-like. We're just not sure. It's just a, it's just somebody. It's definitely a person and not the monster. And so he turns around and they've got a, they've got a gun, um, or a knife, Oh yeah, she's got the shotgun, and um, they're uh, kind of pointing the shotgun, uh, looking around, trying to find whoever was running, and they eventually find a little girl, and she's like a five, four or five-year-old girl, kind of sitting at the edge of one of the docks, and... Killian Murphy puts down the gun and is like kind of whispering like it's okay like hey are you are you okay getting closer to her and we see Marcus back at the bunker has climbed up into a different level of the building outside of the bunker just in this kind of industrial building now and finds a room that has lots and lots of drawings of um Emmett's son that has died and so it seems that I think Emmett was drawing these these pictures of his son to remember him by and Marcus is just kind of exploring and looking at all of this and uh we see also that Evelyn made it to the pharmacy and she they had two more oxygen tanks so she grabs those and she grabs some uh medication for uh, Marcus and is walking back and uh, back on the dock we see Emmett reaching to this little girl and as he gets close she jumps and puts a noose around his neck tightens it all the way around his neck like almost choking him and the noose is a rope just like covered in again bottles and cans and noisy things so he can't move and then runs what away the from him. And a four-year-old does. It's this? like a young kid. I mean, you know me with kids, but she's really young. <laughs> okay, okay, she okay. is non-threatening for sure. And that's the point. She's the she's the bait. Right. And she's the bait. Um. So he she puts that around his neck. Uh. Reagan looks 
very scared. The little girl just runs off. Reagan doesn't know what to do. They're both kind of frozen. Like, what do we do? And then all these people start emerging from different boats on the dock, carrying like lanterns. Like these are feral people is what they're described as in the (laughs) Wikipedia. Feral people. And they all start coming towards them and they have knives and guns and they take uh, Reagan's gun. They take her backpack. They start taking her clothes off of her. And Emmett is um, like, he's like, please, please, please. And like, can't uh, go, can't help her because if he moves, they'll all die. And uh the the lead feral man comes to inspect Emmett has kind of a knife in his hand that he's he like drags across um Emmett's face and he does it across uh Reagan's face too and he's just kind of sizing him up and it just looks v- so gross and horrible and very like is he is this like there is this sexual is this a is this they're going to take her for that reason is this they're just taking supplies it's so scary and i think again you know humans are very scary humans are scary yeah. humans are the scariest thing they're the scariest and it thing is, i think i mean how humans would handle a post-apocalyptic world is is very scary yeah. we're not going to be mm-hmm. good to each other no. mm-hmm. we're not good to each other now why would we mm-hmm. be good to each other then? why would that change you yeah, know no 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 no. <laughs> um, no 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 and this man is scoot mcnary and oh, I was what? so shocked. How confusing for you, Sammy. He looks. It, I turned to Jenna, and was like, "This is so weird. He doesn't look hot. He looked so gross." But I mean, his makeup—he's like done up like a feral. His eyes are like so red, and he's got Whoa. like nasty long hair, and just looks so. Oh my gosh, Scoot! But I was like, "That's Scoot!" <laughs> I didn't know it's he was good, it. Scoot. It's Scoot. I was so excited. Um. But also, ew, he was so gross. And uh, then back at the uh, industrial place where Marcus is at, you see him. There's like a curtain hung up at the back of this room with all the drawings. And he pulls it back. And it's uh, the dead wife and her body. Her corpse has kind of uh, rotted a bit. It's like decaying. And it's um, like a hospital bed situation. But. It scares Marcus and he screams. He falls back. Damn it, Marcus. Marcus. And screams. Get out of here. Fucking damn it. (laughs) And he falls backwards and like knocks things over and just makes a huge noise and then realizes what he's done and starts making a run for the bunker. But he's the 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 creature gets too close to him that he is not able to get enough space between it that it doesn't like know where it went. Cause previously when they had jumped into this little chute that leads down to the bunker, they were kind of far enough away from it that it, that it lost them. But right, cause it can't, it can't see. It can't right? That's see. the thing about this creature. Yeah. So they were far enough ahead of it that I guess it didn't he- hear them go down there. And this time it's like right on his tail and it hears him go down there. And so it oh follows him God. down there. So now oh my the creature God. is in the bunker. Jesus. Oh my God. Fucking Christ. And so uh, Marcus has to take the baby and go into the furnace. That's like the only uh, safe place within the bunker. But he goes in so mm. fast that he knocks the towel off. 
and he doesn't realize it, but he they are now locked in the furnace. No, no, oh no, 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 Marcus, no, no, was it worth no, it? no, no. Oh, and was, was it worth it? it? And my worth biggest it? question is, was it worth it? <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. What was no, he thinking no, he was no, going to no, do? No, no, he was just going to like. I don't know. It's a, it's a, whatever it is. It was a really bad idea. Yeah, it's really worst, idea. probably the worst idea he's ever had. I mean, I guess <laughs> these are really high stakes for a 13 year old boy brain to handle. It's true. Is probably the, that's probably what a 13 year old boy would do. That's true. Honestly. Yeah. Um, but so. The creature is in there. It's outside. It knows that they're in there and they don't he doesn't have the timer. So he doesn't know when they're going to run out of oxygen, but it's fast. I mean, we've seen them in there twice now and it seems like it's only about, you know, a minute or two. It's not not long. Oh, my God. That fast. It's really fast. And um, I guess when they were in there before, there was more of them. So maybe it's a little and one of them as a baby who has an oxygen tank. Yeah. So maybe it's a little bit longer, but it's not it's not long at all. Um, And then back at the dock. After Scoot is finished sizing, sizing them both up, he decides to leave Emmett there and take Reagan. So all of the the men start grabbing Reagan and they're struggling but silently right like you can't scream and and emmett is is like no no please and like trying to move but every like small move makes a little sound and he locks eyes with um reagan and he does the sign language for dive dive and smart smart bringing it home (laughs) she breaks free and jumps into the water and Emmett jumps up and just like shakes and makes a shitload of noise. And then uh, Scoot comes back to like stop him and shut him up. And he grabs he grabs Scoot and basically on one of the like uh, poles at the dock, uh, Emmett's able to get the noose off and tie it around. Scoot ties him to this pole and takes the knife that he was using to like stroke people's faces with and stabs him in the leg with it. And then jumps okay. into the water. Okay, okay. And then okay. you just okay, see okay, kind okay. of from the water, you just see this fucking destruction ensue. Two, I, two or three of the monsters come and just start fucking destroying these feral people <laughs> left and right. And um, you see, like, the water get bloody. Killing Murphy's, like, under the water looking up. It's really, like, a cool scene it just is like i don't know kind of reminded me of let the right one in where you just see like blood and things like dropping into the water from Mm -hmm. above and Mm -hmm. he can't see where reagan is um but he he's making some amount of noise because he's you know swimming to stay treading water right to stay above water and so after the creatures are done killing everybody else they turn to him they hear him and Can they swim? jump into the water and okay. he starts swimming away, freaking out, and the <gasps> creature drowns. It, it drowns. It drowns and it can't swim. Oh, oh here we, we go. We have another weapon. We have another weapon. The weapon is water. Because we saw water. a creature in water in the first one, but it was shallow water. It was shallow water. Yeah, it was oh. only about waist high. So this is okay. But so they can't swim, but they're too stupid to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't know and that. That's a, they that's don't know a pretty that. great 
tip. That's a huge one. <laughs> That's incredible. Also, it's making this island look a hell of a lot yeah, better. Definitely. Get to an island. Exactly. Island sounds hey, like a great idea. Somewhere beyond the sea. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. Somebody else figured this shit out. And then these idiots living on a dock when the thing can't swim. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just Fucking bring idiots. those boats out a little bit, man. <laughs> um, so then we we see back at the um, bunker. Uh, Evelyn has heard the scream and the commotion and hears that there is a monster there and is running back and runs and sees basically from the top of the bunker that one is obviously down in there. And so she takes her handgun and just shoots it up in the air. And the creature comes out and comes for, she just stays so still. And so it's just her, it's like the creature running around thrashing, listening. You, you get like a lot of close-ups of its nasty little ear. It's like, little, yeah. oof, it's nasty. And, She's just being as silent as possible. And she has set down the oxygen tanks. And there is, because this creature, I don't know, tore a bunch of shit up. It One of the things it broke was a gas pipe. And the oxygen tank is sitting near it. And so it she waits until it's right by the oxygen tank. And she shoots the oxygen tank. And it blows up. And then the creature just emerges from those flames, completely uh, unharmed. Fire does nothing, apparently. And she's just fucking wasted an oxygen tank. No. Um, God damn but it. But then the fire sets off the the sprinklers, the sp- sprinkler which system, makes which makes noise. And so she is able to hide from it. And it gets confused and doesn't know where she is. And so she is then able to get back into the bunker and free her children before they um she can open it from the outside she opened it from the outside okay great and they get fresh air but then the creature hears it opening and comes for them and so they God. have to go like right back into the furnace but now she has at least another oxygen tank with her <sighs> but still not how it's just not ideal um so they stay in it for a while and let until the they think the creature has gone away and they're just kind of passing the oxygen back and forth and they're able to open the door and nothing seems to happen but it seems like the creature is waiting like just outside for them and so they're like scared to actually like get up and get out um but back at the docks uh, Reagan f- gets Emmett out of the water. Pull- she has found a-, a boat, like a little rowboat. The island is not far. It's only about a mile or so. And mm. so she pulls him up into the boat and they get there to this island and pull up on shore. And there is a whole community of people having a bonfire, laughing, oh. talking, what? kids. There's a lot of people what? on this island and they're just in shock and can't believe it. And the community takes them in, gets them, gets them food. And oh my God, and they're nice. They're nice. And this is, this is, uh, Jimon Hansu is like the, the, the seemingly the mm. leader of this community. Mm. And 
Interesting. Even in a post-apocalyptic island community, we're not egalitarian. Interesting, interesting, interesting. <laughs> also, how Still much would humans. it suck? How much would it suck to go through all this shit and then to like find out that like a mile away there was like a safe I community? Know, I know. Really tough. <laughs> and that now <laughs> you must suck. go back to yeah, that, you have the to rest go back. of your family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so they take them in and we get a little bit of a, of a backstory that they figured out that the creatures couldn't swim. And so they set this place up as this was supposed to be, uh, like more people could live here and they had more people coming, but because people got greedy and selfish, yeah, people like panicked to try to get to the boats, even though they had enough boats for everyone, people just like wanted to be first and the fight broke out on the dock drawing the creatures in and like only like two percent of the people who were supposed to get there got there like there was this big horrible <gasps> thing that happened right before um and the the like relationship between reagan and emma is really sweet and they kind of have a moment here where er, early on they had gotten in a fight about the song that was playing on the radio and she says something like you're nothing like my dad. He would he would be wanting to find help. He would be wanting to do do something and not just sitting here. And now they have a, a little moment where he tells her, he's like, you're right. Like, I'm nothing like your dad, but you are. You're a lot like him. And oh, it's really sweet. sweet. And it makes he like clearly is really he really cares about her. And he he walks off and she cries and she's such a good little actress Millicent Simmons I'm excited for her career because I feel like in the first mm. one too like she's just so good um and he goes to walk on the shore and he has um like w one photo I think of his wife and son that he's looking at and the sun's coming up now it's dawn and he's having an emotional moment kind of looking at his photo of his family that he's lost and yeah this place is now here that has been here seemingly the whole time and he's just kind of having this moment and then he hears something on the on the shore no. and no. it's like what is that noise and it's like a la it's like something's moving like it's trapped in something and he turns the corner and one of the boats from the dock has floated over no. and the creature is inside of it. And it's like torn. It. It, the boat is like the metal is torn through and he runs for the main uh, area. Everyone is, you know, nobody is being quiet at all. Everyone is out. Um it's the morning time they're you know chopping wood or other very fucking loud things and he runs <laughs> and he's like hey it's the time to sing in the morning we all love where we live <laughs> exactly it's good to be safe we'll always be safe <laughs> and he runs and he just screams like be quiet like stop making noise or like they're here or something like that and like nobody knows what to do and the creature just comes and starts again taking people out <gasps> fucking left and Damn right it. just destroying <gasps> this one little safe haven community oh. all these poor people who yeah really thought everything was going to be great forever <laughs> and oh. it's just really killing them and Jimon Hansu and Emmett and 
Reagan get into a car. This seems to be um, Jamon Hansu's like plan that he's had in case of this situation. And so he's just honking the horn and driving far away from the community, like as fast as he can. So it's this chase that ensues of this. But like, why is Reagan in this car? But they're driving to the radio tower. And so Reagan needs to go to bring her hearing aid to this. Right, is right, the, right. This, mm. is the, this is the plan. This is what they came here to do. Mm. And um, so they, they're driving and you see the thing just chasing right after them. And then it jumps like on the roof of the car. It's tearing through the the top of the car and uh i it like falls the the jimon hansu like swerves and and knocks it off but it's it's in pursuit for sure and it's not a the, the odds aren't looking great for them um so they make it to the radio tower and they go they go in and jimon hansu is like i have to go back for my family and Emmett's like, no, 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 no. Like, you can't go out there. It's out there. And Juwan Hansu's like, I have to. And you saw his family earlier, and he's got this really cute son. And uh, Juwan Hansu takes, like, one step back towards the car, and the monster just, dra- like, gets him and drags oh. him out. Kills, kills of him. Of course. Oh, my God, that fast? Short, short-lived, yes. Yeah. And oh, I thought he was going to be a bigger part of this long. movie. I thought so, too. I know. Um... But Damn. so Emmett and Reagan go into the radio tower alone and it's like there's a lot of potentially noisy things in there. Like this is a tech building <laughs> like filled with like computers and like desks and chairs and keyboard. Like everything just looks like this is not soundproof. This is not a soundproofed place. Um, mm-hmm. And they have to figure out where the broadcast room is. Um, there's lots of doors in here too and opening a door you never know what's what's gonna happen there and um so they're really tiptoeing around in here and then back at the bunker we see it's been kind of quiet long enough that uh evelyn thinks maybe it's safe and she opens the furnace and steps out and uh, is kind of looking around and Marcus is looking at her. And so from Marcus's POV, we see the shot that's in the trailer of her just facing towards the opening of the furnace. And we see a monster slowly emerging from the entrance behind her. Yeah, the one. And it's just your husband. It's your husband. Emily. Emily, Emily, it's just your husband. And uh, she turns, sees it tries to run and jump in the bunker it lunges right after her and it knocks the door of the furnace off so they cannot close it and it's now tearing the metal of the furnace and it's a strong it's strong like thick thick metal and so it's not destroying it as easily as it destroys other stuff but it's still like going to eventually be able to it's very strong and it's like slowly so they're just huddled at the back and it's just like coming for them incredibly stressful and in the radio tower we see uh reagan tiptoeing towards the uh, the the broadcast room they see the microphone there and the record playing oh the record player mark your bingos 
They see a record <gasps> playing Beyond mm. the Sea. And she's tiptoeing in and Emmett is watching and we see that the creature is in the building now, but they're being really quiet. So it doesn't know. It doesn't know where they are, but it's literally in the room, like right next to them. And so they're both aware of it and they're watching it, but it's, it's basically behind Reagan. So in order for her to walk forward, it's behind her. So she can't look at it all the time, but, but Emmett is keeping an eye on it. And so she gets to the room and opens the door and it makes a loud squeak. Those rusty no. hinges and she does not know because she is deaf. Yeah, because she's and deaf. And Emmett sees oh the thing. Bye, Just go for it. And he throws himself between the thing and he, no. like, he is like her dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he knocks the he slams the door closed behind her that she just went through and that that gets her attention she feels like the vibration of it and sees what's happening and like starts like panicking and um the monster takes its fucking knife arm and slices Emmett's leg so bad basically like off not off but just like a vertical slice through the whole leg Ah. it's really bad oh ow ow and then at the bunker in the furnace we see the thing uh that creature does the same thing to evelyn's leg just fucking destroys her leg too as she's trying to i mean it's getting closer to them and it can reach them now and uh just fucking takes her leg too and marcus's leg is already fucked up and i'm like "Eh, nobody's gonna be able to walk after this this is so stressful yeah um and uh reagan gets her hearing aid presses it against the microphone and turns the station on and like cranks up the volume and the creature that's about to kill emmett the head starts doing its thing and uh marcus has headphones on his radio that uh, reagan had said keep listening to and hears it change from beyond the sea to this feedback unplugs the headphones cranks up the volume on that and is able to use that to make this creature back up and so we're cutting back and forth between the two kids um basically marcus is holding the radio in front of him like a little shield and walking towards the creature like forcing it to back up and he keeps walking forward and forward and i'm like why does he keep walking closer and closer to it and you see that there is a gun outside of the furnace and so he's walking to the gun and he gets the gun and we see evelyn watching this happen with like such wide eyes her nervous little boy taking control being so fucking brave and she is just in complete awe watching him do this and he takes the gun and he shoots it and kills it. And then we see back at the radio tower, um, Emmett is on the ground watching Reagan. Same thing, walking towards this creature. And she pulls a big like metal pole from the, from the desk nearby or something. I don't know. She finds a pole and goes up to the creature and like stabs it through the head, kills it oh, while Emmett watches that. And both of them, Marcus and Reagan, are just like standing over the creature's dead bodies. And that's the end of the movie. 
<gasps> I wanted it to go on forever. Oh I was like, no, more, oh more, more. Oh my god. That was that yeah, that felt like it went by really it fast. Like it, Is there going to be a a quiet there place three? Be. Yeah, I looked it up and I and I feels like that ending is begging it's definitely for it. O- o- open to it. Yeah. I mean, I think they've got to. And I think especially if this one makes as much money as I anticipate it's going to, like I'm about to go give it my money. You better I'll believe. I'll probably see it again. I I really loved it. I thought it wow. was better than the first. A big part of that being that mm-hmm. I like Killing Murphy more than I like John Krasinski. There. Um, but it was just really good, and I and I think probably a big part of it too being just that it was my first movie, first time back in a movie theater in over a year. So it'll just be a special movie experience to me. I think it was just really great, and that's exactly what they were that's going what for. They were and going you know for. what? You know what? They did it. Fine, <laughs> fine, you did it. <laughs> we'll give you this one. You freaking did we'll it. Give you this one. And yeah, and interesting. Killian Murphy and Emily Blunt were like barely in it together yeah, at no. all. They were. They had like one scene. I know. Together, I kind of was like, how are they going to get romantic? But her husband literally just died. Like the day of right. and so it could they can't yeah that would be that <laughs> wouldn't soon, quite work soon. it might be a little too soon that's why we need a quiet place that's three. Right. and i'm i'm glad he didn't die in this I because thought gonna, i thought so too i thought he was I'm gonna die and i was like damn no more killian murphy if there are future quiet places but yeah nope. no he better be in them what a fucking cool. thrill ride yeah it was great i really fucking recommend cool. it i recommend seeing it in the theater it's fun it's crazy how list, even just the ending they're listening to you tell it and I, in my mind i was like going back and forth and it was like really t- i was like on the edge of my seat it really it works i was on man. the edge of my seat for the whole movie so i was hoping that i could get <laughs> a bit of that across because it. it is just like you it's like it. constantly cutting back and forth between things and every situation is more stressful than the last mm. and yeah it was really good and the music is so good. It's Marco Beltrami. He did the first one, too. And um, I, I think the music in the first one and this one are both. It, it's so good. Music is. Also, important. man. Ugh. Remember how in the first one she fucking gave birth without screaming? I can't believe you remember that. that. You remember that? Think about that, Marcus. <laughs> Next time you go wandering around. Yeah, your Marcus. Your mom gave birth without screaming. Get out of here, Marcus. But, they made, you know, they're coming into their own. Yeah. He won't scream in the next one, I hope. He will not scream in the next one. Sammy, thank you so much. That was so good. Hell yeah. You are welcome. What a fucking wild ride. And listeners, next week, we might have another wild ride for you because if you can believe it, there's another new release of a horror movie that- A much anticipated. We have been waiting for for a long time. And that is- the Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. The Devil Made Me Do It. <laughs> what a name. Which I can't uh, wait. Is going to be a lot of fun and very scary. Oh, wow. It's happening. New releases. New releases. How freaking cool. Yay. Oh, there's no, no, no scary voices. So we got we to gotta whisper our goodbyes. That's quiet. We got to whisper. Oh. Be really, really, so really quiet. quiet. And enunciate. From all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. Goodbye. 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 Alright, Scaredy Cats, that's our podcast. You know what that means. It's time for me to tell you that we are on social media on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. If you had a good time, we would love to hear from you. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, and subscribe. 
We're also on Patreon um, at patreon.com slash TSDW podcasts. If you sign up for that, you get things like a shout out in an episode, access to bingo cards, two bonus episodes per month. Um, Also, of course, our endless love and support. Love you guys so much. See you next week.